Okay, guys, first of all, I'm not going to mention the name, but it is a great Dev Somi alumni here, so welcome. I will say it puts a lot of pressure on me because I do not have time to make fun of the card students and the alumni. Okay, we have to expand your glide to one. Okay, uh, and I was looking for a topic that I haven't given that much before. I'm hoping they haven't heard it. So I actually made a last minute switch, and I believe I only have given this year once. So it could be that was your year, but I'm hoping that. Oh, you're already just. You shut off or you shut about Oh, you, you all heard it? All right. Sorry. Okay. Okay, but I actually, at some unusual, guys, I didn't even realize this. Hey, Charlie. Okay. But uh, I usually try to avoid putting psukim on the sheet because it's less halakhic issue what happens to the sheet without psukim. This year I couldn't give without psukim, so maybe afterward, if you could gather all the sheets there, so make sure that they're treated respectfully. Okay. So we're going to talk about the following. It is often good in the world of analysis if you have things that are somewhat alike and can compare and contrast them. That is often very helpful. Okay, Charlie, you guys can come in if you want. Unless you're just a... There's room for both of you. We are very liberally shiva. Women can sit in the base. <laughs> okay. They can, they can even comment on cheer if they want. Okay. Okay, so in any case... Uh, when you do a compare and contrast, it often helps understanding. So guys, don't look at the Pesukim yet. We'll see if we can get it. Okay, let's look at all the time that the Torah tells you to count. We're going to try counting in a lot. Oh, by the way, I should point that also. It's very exciting that, uh, we, here we are on the right side, the topic of this year is Shalosh Spirot, and it's not about Chachma, Bina, and Dot. It's very exciting. Okay, there's a dip. It is the... Hel- Wait, all right, Tatar, can you okay with it? Okay, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, it's not about the seven lower spirit either, Ari. Okay, so what are the three times the Torah instructs you to count? Okay, when does the Torah instruct you to count? Mati. Uh, the people, like the, the, the census. Okay, but let's say for later halakhic history. Later halakhic history. Mark Adler. Obviously, spirit Oh, Remember, right? The Torah says, Uspartem lochem, mimachran ha-shabbat. Right, you count from Pesach to Shavuos. Okay, be tight. Okay. True, but how about uh, Mitzvah Lodora? Yeah. Okay, ah, we're counting in the Shemitah Yovel cycle. In fact, we're counting 49 years to get to Yovel. Excellent. And the third one? Ah, okay, third's a little more obscure. Okay, but there is an idea of someone who's Tame counting days till they become Tahar. And here, we don't do this so often, but we'll do a little bit of Hilko Nida in Shir. Okay, there's an idea in Halakha, guys, you'll all discuss this one day when you leave before your wedding, that there's a difference between a nida and a zava. Okay, in the right to not the way we practice. A nida just has to count seven days, a zava has to count what's called shiva nikim. What would it mean, shiva nikim? Seven, a clean meaning that she's not bleeding anymore. And that's what contemporary women do, right? After they stop bleeding, there's a seven day count and then they go to mikvah. Okay, but just realize the right is Zava. For reasons I can't get into now, we at some point in in Gemara history they canceled that distinction, and we treat Nidan Zava the same. Okay, so we always count Shivanikiyim, but in any case, that is the third kind of counting. Okay, so we've got counting in Spirit Omer context. We've got counting in a in a Shmita Yovel context, and we've got counting in a Spirit Omer context. So now that we have the guys, we can start comparing and contrasting. So, so before you can get to Svaras, you guys okay standing here in the back? Yeah, you're right? Okay. Is that counting to Svaras? Excellent. Sally Lerman, what, what, what's the best book you read first semester in Washington? 
Democracy in America. Uh, that's a good answer. That is a okay. I might have to reevaluate. Maybe you are serious about something. At least when it comes to political history. Okay. Okay. What? Then it's Sarat's calendar. Sarat? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's leave it to aside for now. Okay, now what do you notice right away? If we get to the why, guys, what is a distinction in how we practice them? What do we do in Spirit of Omer? First of all, we count with a bracha, and who counts? Everybody. Does that seem to apply to the other two categories? Well, obviously, Nida and Zav is a totally different world because it's one individual. But what about counting in a Shemitah Yovel context? In theory, that could have been the same, right? Couldn't that have played out that every individual counts the years towards Yovel and makes a bracha? Now, we don't seem to do that. So we already see that there are distinctions in the world. Okay, so let's see where this distinction might come. So let's look at all three psukim. Okay, so here we have in Vayikra, Vim Tarami Zova, she stops bleeding. Safrila Shivit Yamim Vacharti So that's one count. Okay, and uh, I'll just tell you right now, women who make this count do not make a bracha. Right? They don't say, and no, nor do they even need to verbalize it. Right? They don't say, today's the third day of my Zava count. Right? There's no such thing. Okay, secondly, Right? Obviously, that's the Omer context. And then thirdly, you count seven sets of seven years. Okay, now just based on the psukim, do you see anything that might create a distinction in different kinds of countings? Very good. Who was that? Ah, excellent. Joshua Bureau. Okay. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but if you look at YU paraphernalia, they've obviously decided that Josh Shapiro is going to be the face of YU for the next decade. And it is quite exciting. Somehow every picture is Josh Shapiro. Okay. Maybe, maybe they decide he's the best looking guy in YU. Okay. Okay. So, what? They were, they were going to pick Moshe Zimmer, but now he's transferring to bigger things. It's all over. Wait, Moshe Zimmer, where are you? Moshe, I have a very important question for you. What? You know what's coming, right? Yeah. What is the rebar of Washington Heights? It's non-existent. I'm sorry. Wait, does, does Binghamton have rebar? I haven't been yet. I just got in. Okay. Okay. Wait, so what, what do you do to survive? What do you eat for a semester? Whatever I can find. Okay. But Johnny Cuomo. See, that's for you too. You could go to IU and still survive. If Zipper survived, you could survive. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay, so we do have a we do have a lachem lachad distinction that might be significant. Okay, so oh I just realized something. Mike Eisen. You have to develop a theory for me. Don't tell me now. After she, right? Why is it that Detroit guys are the most mafunak about what they eat? Okay, you'll, you'll, you'll tell me afterward, okay? okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. So, how do we deal with lacha versus lachem? Okay, so look at what it says here in Menachot. Tan Rabban Rusfartim lachem. already have progress, right? What is lachem teach you? Since it's in the plural, it teaches you that everyone does it. Now, by contrast, what might you say about the Shemitah Yovel counting? If it says Vesafarta Lacha, it's one entity. Probably who's that entity? Baited. Okay, so we already have a good distinction. Ah, just based on a careful reading of Sukim. Maybe that's why Svirat Omer is an individualized count, and Svirat Yovel is one communal count. 
This will point out, that explains one distinction, but it still leaves open the question, okay, so maybe that means there's a mitzvah done on a communal level, and what could I still say? Beitin should count. And with a bracha. Right, beitin have here and make a bracha. Okay, maybe there's a mitzvah done on a communal level. Okay, so I think we have to push a little further and ask, is there any other deeper distinction? Is it just a question of, oh, here it's individualized, and here it's communal? Right, but really it's the same thing, just happening on in different scale, or is something very, very different happening? Okay, who had a hand up for who was somebody? Okay, great. So does anyone have a suggestion why in these three things is any of them more mitzvah-like than the others, less mitzvah-like? What would you guys say? Have we tried that are all three just concrete mitzvah should play out similarly or not? Simcha. Um, so like I think it's really Okay. Okay, very good. And what will be the implication of that? I think you're on the right track. The implication is like it is a mitzvah itself, the count itself. Okay, excellent. Okay, Simple is a natural London. And he says maybe it's just when I'm counting to try to get to something else. Or the counting is not just a means, the counting is a value of its own. Now here's what's something very interesting, guys, because there's a lot of great divrei Torah that might be great but might be misleading. And Simcha alluded to it. Because when most divrei Torah is over, what do they focus on? We're counting towards Matan Torah. Matan Torah is this great event that we're, we're excited about, we're anticipating. That is really wonderful. I, I myself am giving such divrei Torah. But what's the problem, though, guys? That's not exactly how Chumash portrays it. In fact, Chumash doesn't portray Shavuos as about Mantor altogether. So it certainly doesn't portray the sphere as bound a sphere towards Matan Torah. So it's, it's a beautiful idea. So it's not obviously correct that that's what Sphere Omer is is doing. No, Burnbear. I I think that there wasn't wasn't there a focus that said that oh it. Whether it, the counting was different on every so sort of night, so then we say like it for every time, and then we may also make on the other opinion, but you would still make a bracha regardless, like on the first or last night. There is such a debate, but why? Why you? Meaning that that would mean that you would say bracha regardless, even if it wasn't like on every single night. Was okay, so Noah's raising a good question. See, guys. I should make this joke on the tape, but I will anyway. Right? One of the good things about going to DRS is even if you didn't like it, you still end up with more tumbled background than other guys. Okay? It still works. It still works in your benefit. Okay. So. Uh, okay. So in any case, the he's right. There's a whole question for Omar: Are they 49 separate mitzvot? Are they one mitzvah? And notice we make a bracha every night. So you couldn't. You, you could also plug that question into the Beitin. Let's say for the sake of argument, we think Beitin will make a bracha. Does that mean Beitin would make a bracha all 49 years? And you ask a similar question. What if Beitin missed it? What if they missed the third year? Right, does that stop them or did it keep going? So you notice there's a lot of parallel questions we could ask. Okay, moving. Uh, maybe we could say that we make the bracha, each one individually because it's because when it, when it comes to the Torah, we each have to accept it onto ourselves as a, as a personal thing. Whereas with like Shri Yovel, you know, you can be Yosei with the Ruben, one day will be a sure rabbi, it's going to be a great drasha. Yeah, Quincy. So I just want to argue that neither is different because with Sri Yovel and with um, Yovel, um, I just mean that it's continuous. It's going on whether you remember to come or not. It's separate from you, except that neither is based on a body, and that body interacts separate from the rest of the world. Okay. Excellent. Mark. I would say that I'll take Sarah Omar since they, they don't only need case for like 
is it like a, an individual mitzvah or each day to do? Because I think a lot of people kind of like that, like with the lulav or sukkah. Okay, fair or, enough. Or like um, but, a Hanukkah. I guess you could, you could, you could debate whether or not like each one individual or each one like a large mitzvah. Each day kind of renews, I would say, instead of like is a new one. So. I guess that's, that's, I don't see how, how the different sphere it is. I mean, Look, you're right. It's a larger question, but we're narrowing our focus to the three spheres that there are. Also, your shvita, your shvita, each individual shvita, it just count down to the Yovel. Okay, also, that's an interesting point. Yeah, Mati. Um, I think it makes sense that Yovel is the basic one because it's kind of it's that can only be done on an institutional level. It's a little something to ruling. I think you guys are onto something. It's not an accident that Omer somehow is individualized. And Shemitah Yovel is only uh, playing on a communal no, no, I, I mean, I mean more about the, the scale of it. I guess you can start counting, let's say you want to complete the whole mitzvah. Yeah. So start at 13, you're going to 62. Uh, like, uh, uh, in that like, era, that's like very difficult to do. It kind of only makes sense in a, on a, on like a, as an institution that like, lasts beyond individual people. Wait, it is true that a lot has changed, but why, why was counting so difficult in the old world? No, I'm talking about, this, I'm talking about like... I don't think like, counting is a function no, no, of modern no. technology. No, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we were good at it before the computer. I meant about age, I meant about age. It's over 50 yeah. years. Ah, okay. Okay, yeah, Zach Magwin. Yeah, I think you can look at it from a actual perspective of each day you're counting for the Omer, you need to bring a carbon. So because you're bringing a carbon for each, so it's like there's a little bit more... Wait, just, a carbon in the beginning and the end, not every day. But, you're, but there's like this act that you're doing... Okay, like I said, when you're, you're heading somewhere. It's connecting with something else. Yeah, but then, but then when you look at like the... Like there's, a, there's the idea of, of keeping track, just the shape keeping track, or... Very good. Okay, guys. I'll take more comments in a second. Let's start some of them before Shemir. So there is a toast to Menachos that gets the ball rolling. Okay, it says, toast vote. Usvartelcham shedeisvil kolechad vechad. Gabe yovel ktev usvartelcha da beitin kamelu rachman. There's that idea. There it's svartelcha. It's one institute, one entity, the beitin. Okay? Shema beitin so... Ah! Now toast starts to wonder. Shema beitin sofrin umavarchin. Kamosh anumavarchan osfir da omer. Ah, so what's he thinking? So Tos says here is not making an inherent distinction. Tos says maybe really Sphira Baitin for Yovel should play out just like Sphira okay, it won't be everybody. Baitin will make a rock of here. It's basically the same construct, just realized through Baitin. What about Zava? Vagabe Zava Safra, Lo Babracha. But look why. Because is it inherently not Shaykh Babracha or there's a problem that gets in the way? Let's see Tosvos. Kivin Shesotere. What does Tos say, guys? Is it an inherent problem or is it a practical problem getting in the way? Is it technicality getting in the way? So notice, amazing, according to Tos, all three really should function the same way. What's the technical thing getting in the way, guys? Ah, we often are reluctant to start something if it'll get interrupted in the middle. Maybe even you'll talk about brachla batala or that kind of thing. What, what could happen anytime a Zav is counting seven clean days? She might have blood on the fourth day, in which case she has to start again from the beginning. So you never know when you, like, when you count the Omer, when you count Shemitah, you're pretty confident nothing's going to get in the way of the counts. You can make a bracha. But every Nidazava scenario, the count could fall apart. Says Tosva, it's okay, don't make a bracha because the count might fall apart. So again, this is pretty radical Tosva because Tosva seems to assume essentially it is subject to bracha. It would work, but we don't make one because we're afraid things won't work out. Okay, Josh. If someone, God forbid, was uh, knew they were going to die before Shavuos, would they still be able to consecrate all their own Whoa, well, what a case. Okay, that, that really is worth it. Okay, Josh, I'm not going to answer, but that was a great question. Okay, you, Josh, today you are the Minchaskinov. 
Yeah. I don't know if you appreciate that, but uh, one day you'll appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Wait, so we can't make brachot on things that are limited to Eretz Yisrael? We make brachot on Frosh HaTshuva to Maestro. No, I understand, but what, what, it's a good distinction, but why are you assuming that things that are limited to Eretz Yisrael are, don't have a bracha? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Something can have a limited context and still have a bracha. Okay? Yeah, Caleb. Is Joseph here uh, saying that all these things are as a whole one kind of a bracha? No, no, well, not to, to, with each other, but right. Um, Caleb's right. What does Tosvot seem to think, guys? She does a Tosvot. They're all concrete mitzvot. Concrete mitzvot should, in theory, have a bracha, but Zava has a technical problem that gets in the way. You want to know why we make 49 bracha? Okay, that's a very good question, not for us right now, another Shirkali. But I will point out, guys, there's a great piece by Rav Soloveitchik about this. Noah Birnbaum alluded to this before. He said, there's a question, I think, whether it's 49 mitzvot or one. So there's an obvious question. I think the Prima Gautam asks, if I remember correctly, which is, wait, if it's one mitzvah, why in the world are we making 49 bracha? Okay, so that is a famous Prima Gautam. The Rav Slavinsky has two answers, but not for us right now. It's in one, in one of Rav Schechter's firm. Which one is it in? I think Eretz Hatzvi. Okay, but uh, it's really two very powerful answers there. Okay, you know, I'm going to read one more source, don't take more comments. Okay, let us go to the Karen Oreg. Karen Oreg is a very important person that nobody knows about. Okay, his name was Rav Yitzchak from Karlin. Again, like the whole theme of this year is disappointing the mystics. Despite being from Karlin, he has nothing to do with Karlin or He was just a misnagged who liked to learn Gemara. Okay, so Rav Yitzchak from Karlin wrote a parish on Gemara called the Karen Ora. It's extremely helpful because it's often on obscure Masechta. Like, he didn't write on Nashim Rizikin, he wrote on Kudshim, he wrote on Moed. Okay, very, very helpful safer. Okay, my one foray in my entire life into the academic universe was about the Karen Ora. Because there was once an academic conference in Yerushalayim about approaches to Agadah, and I del- delivered a paper there about the Karen Ora's approach to Agadah. Okay, that's my, my one academic foray. Okay, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so, one, one was enough, though. Okay, <laughs> so let us see here what the Karen Ora says about our issue. Okay, There it is. What's true about Yovel? It is not a independent mitzvah. What is it? I just need to know when Yovel is. Right, guys, think about the following. Let's say I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to celebrate Pesach this year. And I'm counting down. Does that make counting till Pesach a mitzvah? No, what am I doing simply? I technically need to know when Tedva Misen is. Says the Karen Ora, that's how you should understand what we do when we count years to Yovel. It's just a means of knowing when Yovel will be. Aval Sfira to Omer, lo nemar Sfira kamolakade shechag shvuas. Okay, Simcha, this Karen should make your day. Don't tell me it's about, I need to know when shvuas is. Do not tell me that. Ela chala Sfira miyoma vichemet Omer tenufa. I thought this very interesting also. Yom echad la'omer. Vasvira mitzvah la'atzmahi. That's exactly the point. What is Sfira Omer? Not just a way of knowing when Shavuos is, but rather a mitzvah in its own right. Now I want to make one point. I don't know if you guys ever discussed this, but those who love the drusha, right, that one great shul drusha, Reuven Durst is going to give one day, okay, about 
we're eagerly anticipating Matan Torah. Having some people ask, shouldn't we count 49 days left? 48, you ever hear somebody ask this question? 48 days left. And we don't do that. We count day one. So I think, I hope I understood correctly, when he threw in Nusach Abracha Yom Echad I think he's trying to say that indicates in and of itself that we're not counting towards. Okay, Donnie Deutsch is totally unconvinced. Okay, Donnie, you know what's good though? That you're, you're unconvinced, but that you're listening to your call, you're not learning shots on the side. Okay, very good, Donnie Deutsch. Okay, so guys, I'll, I'll, we'll get your comment in one second, but I just want to show you one more thing. Now, he is now is contrasting Omer and Yovel. What about Zava? What about Zava? The was right, we saw this. The low minyanag. And what we're afraid of? She's gonna ruin the count. What does he say? Even if you don't buy my svar with Yovel, everybody should buy it when it comes to. Zava. Clearly in Zava, it is just the means of get, getting to something else. It is not independent mitzvah. And he actually has a killer proof at the end, guys. Here we go. Teda. Guys, Teda always introduces a proof. You should know that this is true. Why? That is a great proof. You guys, when you learn for your wedding, they'll say, oh, uh, you know, Lichar Chila. The woman checks herself all of the seven days. But Bidyevit, it's official, she checked herself day one and day seven. And you can understand the logic. If she checked off day one, day seven, what are you assuming? Well, if she was clean on day one and clean on day seven, she was probably clean the whole way through. And this is an important Bidyevit because we're relying on it. Let's say a woman's getting irritated because she's checking too much. We might say, no, just check on day one and day seven. Okay, or if she forgot, you could say just one and day seven works. But what obviously emerges? If day one, day seven works, it can't be that there was a mitzvah yeah. to count every day. Like, why would we punt that so easily? Says the counter, clearly, there's not a mitzvah to I'm going to take questions once again, guys, but let's just set up a contrast. We already have a great contrast between Tosvos and the current aura. What did Tosvos seem to indicate? In all three scenarios, there's actually a mitzvah to count. It's just that Zavah's got a technicality that gets in the way. What emerges according to the current aura, as Simcha suggested? No, the only one I'm convinced has a mitzvah to count. Is Omer. Omer, there's an independent mitzvah account. That's where we make a bracha. Uh, Zava, he says, for sure there's no independent mitzvah account. It's just a way of getting somewhere. He has his proof from day one and day seven. But notice, he even thought that's true about Yovel. He went to Yovel also. He doesn't think Beitin would make a bracha. Right? That would really be enough. I mean, according to Tosvos, maybe Beitin makes an annual bracha. Where according to Karen nothing doing. It is not an independent mitzvah. It's just a way to know when Yovel is. Okay, now questions. Leave. No, he just says Shema. He's, he just raises a possibility. Well, it de- leave. It's very easily just said. But might that depend a little bit on the previous lecture, though? If it's all one mitzvah or forty-nine seven mitzvah, you're certainly right. If it's forty-nine seven mitzvah, and there's no reason why missing day five messes up day seventeen, right? But what if I really think it's one mitzvah? Everything day seventeen should retroactively. If you're making a 
point, like a stronger point that is roughly less tall So like when we say on square square, even if you say you forget the eleven stop counting would say rough anymore, like that it, it's it's still it's, Look, it, 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 you have an interesting question. It is leave it as a question, I'm gonna leave, leave it aside for now. It's a good question. You're basically saying like if I what you can say it's your Omer, 49 day, ah, right, let's we'll try it even in this crowd here, guys. I imagine most of us have struggled to uh, remember all 49 days. What, what would you say is your general batting average of getting to the end of Sri Omer, guys, without missing one? Mati, what's your what's your batting average? One. You did it once. Well, no, oh, getting it, so it's how many days you get. No, no, how many times? Did... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just a certain logic to that. You see, we make a big deal about the first night. Oh, I have another factor. And you're in Shul the first night because it's Yantuf. Wow. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, I, but no, leave Zanjus, right? <laughs> you're making a lot of assumptions now, Rob. Okay. So, so if it's not Shul, how can you remember the first night, not the second night? What, what's the factor? It's, it's pissed off, you know? Oh, that's right. You know why, guys? I just realized because you're all sitting at the Seder second night, and it says in your Haggadah, count Omer, right? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. And then the next, wow. the next day, you know. So if we only had, if we had a Seder every night of Omer, it would work. You'd make it. That, that could work. Yeah. Okay. What? Then you forget about the Seder. Okay. So in any case, um, Mati distracted me. You're too entertaining, Mati. Where were we a second ago? Ah, couldn't you argue leaves right? A lot of us are going to not make it to the end of Omer. So are we going to worry about Brachotel and not start counting? It's, it's a reasonable question. It is a reasonable question. Yeah, Rafi. If, the, if this counting is just like a practicality, why is the plus like, like Ah, very good. Rafi snowballed. Just excellent. Okay, Rafi's going to be alarmed in one day. Okay, Rafi's saying, wait, I cheated. Because what did I say? We need to know when Pesach is. So of course we count days, but that doesn't make it a mitzvah. Rafi says, that's not fair. Because here the Torah says... Right, usfarta or the safra. So, if it's really just practicality, but why is in some cases the Torah specifies the count? So, we're going to get back to your question later, Rafi. But you have a good question saying maybe that should always indicate that it's a concrete mitzvah. When it comes to practicality, we didn't need to hear about it. The Torah just assumed that you count to get to the right day. All right, Ben Ishchai, what do you say? But the Ben Ishchai section moved. You're just doing the back. Okay, I guess the you know Iraqi Torah is getting more significant in the yeshiva. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was wondering in the case where you're counting Omer and you're like you're on it's the last day of counting, and emergency pops up, right? So you're not able to Wait, what kind of emergency could prevent you from counting? Counting things like four seconds. I don't know, Russians. Okay, fine, go ahead. <laughs> Those Russians are very time-consuming. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, wait, do you mean rushing or Russians? What do you say? No, like, there are Russians, therefore you're rushing. Okay, fine, go ahead. Oh, uh, a clever question and a play on words at the same time. Yeah, go ahead. Look, you want to know does Osik Mitzvah Pata Mitzvah apply to Spirit Over? I don't, why, I don't see why not. Why shouldn't it apply? Why shouldn't it apply? Yeah. Okay, it applies. Sammy. Why would um, counting, on, counting on day one and day seven? Um, 
Uh, interesting. All right. It's a, it's a clever question, but if you don't mind saying me on word for now, it is a good question. Yeah. Wait, biyado tends to affect nemonis. You're saying it not only affects nemonis, it also affects. Yeah, whether or not you should make doing the problem. I mean, why, why is that though? Big difference between that and because you have no idea. For each, has no idea if it's going to be so fair. Wait, isn't that doesn't that come back to Tosos' idea? You mean the Yobel? That 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 only in Zava do we have this fear of steer of Sotera. Yeah, that answers the police question. I mean, why would you not? Why would you? Why is there no problem of Sotera that oh you might forget in the fourteenth day? So since it's Biado, some of think that's a fundamental distinction between Sotera and and. Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, guys, I'm taking more questions. One second, I want to stick in one more idea. Okay, let us go to number eleven. We'll go out of order. It's just a, such an entertaining note of Yehuda. You have to read it. Okay, guys, no debut just very quickly is Rabbi Cheska Landau. He was the chief rabbi of Prague. If you guys go to Prague, which is a city I highly recommend going to, very interesting both Jewishly and not Jewishly, but if you go to visit Prague, there are three different Jewish cemeteries in Prague. Okay, one where the Maral is buried, right near the Maral Shoal. There's a second one where Franz Kafka is buried, and a third one where the Nodemude is buried. Okay, so if you want to do a cemetery tour of Prague, there are three different uh, Jewish cemeteries to go to. Well, yes, those are the three uh, major Jews of Prague. Okay, but no, there's something very cool about it. I actually have to talk to her for one second, I have to tell it. Okay, my wife and I did a four-day vacation in Prague. So we go one day, afternoon, we go to Mincha in the Jewish Community Center. And they announced that we're having trouble getting a minion for a Leviah tomorrow morning, right? There aren't a tremendous amount of Jews in Prague. Okay, so my wife and I decided, you know, we're having fun for four days. We could do like a two-hour mitzvah. So we decided we would go to the, uh, we'd go to be, well, my wife couldn't help in this case, but I would be the 10th man at the Leviah, so they could say Kaddish. So we went to this Leviah, and uh, obviously I didn't understand, the, neither of us understood a word of the Hespedim, okay, but we sat there, okay, and then... As they're going towards the place to bury this fellow, we realize that there's a sign that Franz Kafka down there. Okay, so after the light was over, we went to Kafka's grave. Okay, but what's really cool, guys, there's nothing special about it. Right? It looks like any other grave in the cemetery, and it actually just uses Hebrew name, like Khan Tamun, I don't know, like Anshul, Asher, Ben, whatever. Right, so it's really amazing. It's like death is the great equalizer. Okay, there, there it is. So that, it was worth it, guys. We got, we got rewarded for doing that mitzvah. We got to see Kafka's grave. It, what? It could be. You say he wasn't known as a great, maybe. No, but you could have still, they could have changed it since then, right? They could have been some fancy. Uh, is it Kafka's right? It wouldn't have been so fitting for him to have. Yeah. Yes, there's also, just to understand you guys, in Prague itself, there is a Kafka museum which not accidentally is extremely poorly lighted, right? But it's not an accident, that's for sure. Okay, Ari Byrne. What? Uh, that, that, that wouldn't be very clever. Right? Like, uh, you can never, there should be a coffee museum in Prague that you can't find. Okay, <laughs> guys, if you got that joke, you're a literate person. Yeah, Ari Byrne. Uh, there's something to say about the distinction with Nida in the sense that all the other ones in terms of Shemitah and Omer. Zava. I'm sorry, Shemitah and Omer. Yeah, yeah, both of those. They have a set. Set day, in the sense that the whole calendar itself, that I know when day one is, and I know when okay. I'm counting too, as with Utah, it seems like it's very. Correct. Very, but it's more. Correct. It depends on context. Uh, depends yeah, on what's happening. Yeah, day one is not necessarily set in stone. Yes. Whereas. Okay, good. Are, uh, okay, excellent. I'm sorry. We got to sneak at least two more sources in. Source 11. Here's Zeno Buda. He has a great line from him. 
Kedivri Agon HaKadosh Baal Shla, Vishnei Lukon HaBrit, Rav Yishai Harwitz, says, should be May Sfirat HaNakim. Okay, oh, guys, this is the third time this year you thought things were going to get mystical and they're just going to stay halachic. Okay, here we go. Uh, that's just because you're not reading the side. Okay, oh, I'm not reading with you. All right, Tartaki, you'll read between the lines for everybody to watch. Okay. This is amazing. What does the Shlach say? Every woman should say, Hayom Yom Sheni Besfirat Zava. Vitomer Hayom Yom Echad. Kim Dichtiv. Now, guys, nobody does this, okay? As far as I know. The Safra But the Shlach suggested, I'd be safe for Shlach, etc. Now look what he says, guys. It's just a great line. Omrani hagon hakarosh hazeh. The shla who was holy, lerov kedushat chasiduto. Since he was so pious, nitkayimbo. What happened? Ohev mitzvot, lo yispa mitzvot. Okay, what's he playing off, guys? A pasuk in Kohelet that says, Ohev kesef. The one who really loves money is never satisfied. Right? It's an endless pursuit. Okay, but now what does he apply at it? Well, maybe if you're really pious individual, what happens? That's what it's like for mitzvot. Now you might say that's a great thing, but the Ratzah mitzvot. So it's almost like the Shla had a Yetzer Tov slash Yetzer Hara. What was his Yetzer Tov slash Yetzer Hara? Add more mitzvot. So he took things that are not actually a mitzvot. He just couldn't resist. Let's end. If we just may have a Zava count, we'll have another mitzvah out there, right? So that's an interesting critique. Okay, but he says it is not true. Who? So again, we have more evidence now for the Karen Orith side of the coin. It's not a mitzvah. Let's see what arguments he adds to the mix. How does he know it's not a mitzvah? I'll take comments after the news is over. Okay. How does he know it's not a mitzvah? Ah, this is the second week we've had this, guys. I always find this interesting question. How much can we use safer a mitzvot to help us analyze halacha? So you might say, how do you know something's a mitzvah or not? We'll look in somebody who enumerated the six of the mitzvot and see if they counted it. What if we discover the Rambam has a mitzvah called Sfirat Omer, but does not have a mitzvah called Sfirat Zava? So then we shouldn't believe it. There it is. One's a mitzvah and one is not. So says the note of Yehuda, I looked up the mitzvah books and they do not count Sfirat Zava. As a mitzvah. Okay, let's keep going. Elevadish ain't zu mitzvah. Raka katubomarsha tashkiach, right? Tashkiach. Supervised, very good translation. Sheyesh shivat yam halo nikiyim. Make sure they're clean days. Shlot histor. The ain't zed dom ulamadachtubomar vesvat lamechara shabbat. Shemiyuter lagamre. Ah, but now we're going to get to Rafi's noble's point. What does he claim? We needed to talk about counting in the Zava scenario. But the Torah did not need to talk about counting in the Omer. It's miutar. Miutar means superfluous. Okay, here we go. Oh, where, where's Harrison? Okay, Harrison, I've been here. We decided during the morning Seder every year there needs to be a linguist. This year it's Quincy. So, but next year it's going to be you. So you have to station the bed. Okay. Okay. I just warning you. Okay. Or you have another option: train somebody else over the second half of the year to be the chief linguist. Okay, so you do another option. Okay, here we go. So to have the lemichtav, because what should it have said? The kasher yavru sheva shabtochinim yulacha yemei sheva v'lamak tifis safarta. It's extra elavada shemitzvah lespar. Now you tell me, wait, you can make the same argument about zav v'zava. Now comes the clever part. Avo b'zav v'zava ik to b'zav the chiyatar mezvah yeshushim l'tarato havi amina. She ain't shrieking Leot Nikiim. Ah, that was very clever. 
Guys, why in Zava is it not superfluous at all that it mentions the counting? Because it's not simple counting. What am I doing in Zava that's not true about the other two? I'm, I'm not just counting, I am checking. Ta- uh, very good. I'm checking, I'm taking note of what happened. Was it a clean day or not? So Visafra there is not indicating that there's a mitzvah count, it's just telling me here it's not the mere passage of time. I need to say, oh, this was a clean day, this was also a clean day, but in Omer, there's nothing I'm taking note of. It is simply the passage of time. Therefore, what does the sufferer come in and do? It makes it a mitzvah. Now, I just want to point out, this was also interesting to me, the note of Yehuda never discusses the third case of Yovel Shrita. But based on his last argument, what might he be forced to say? That is a mitzvah, right? Because it, it wouldn't you say Yovel Shrita is more similar to Omer? I'm not doing anything except the passage of time. So let me just assemble where we are right now, guys, before we get to the final point of share. Where are we right now? We have Tosvos, all three to do a mitzvah account. We have the Karen Ora saying that only one he commits as a mitzvah account is, is Omer. So you wouldn't have a bracha on the other two. And then we have the Minchas Finoch giving two arguments. He said, even though the Shla thought a woman should count, that was pretty radical. He says, he just he had this Yitzhahara for mitzvah, so he just couldn't resist. And the Minchas Finoch says, A, they don't appear in the Minyan HaMitzvah. The Ramam does not say it's a mitzvah of an account. But then he has a D point, which is, well, why would the Torah ever tell you to count? He says, well, Zava, it's telling you to take note, to check. That's really what it's saying. Whereas in Omer, the only thing there is is counting, and therefore... It's a mitzvah. All right, who wanted to make a comment? Okay, Noah Birnbaum. Yeah, so in the Mishnah Torah, it specifically says that you know, you're supposed to count the Shemitah. No, no, but hang on. It, 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 first of all, when did you read Mishnah Torah about Shemitah? No, I just looked it up. Was... Oh, well, you're a serious guy. Okay, excellent. Zisha, you should be proud of your buddy. You're always on that. That's a little bit much. Okay. Okay, so uh, in any case... Uh, no, but the fact that the Ram tells you to do it doesn't mean it's counted as a mitzvah. No, but it says it is a positive commandment to count sets of seven years and to sanctify the 15th year. Uh, for yoga? Yeah. Okay, but not for Zaba, though, right? No, no, but I'm saying, like, meaning the Karen Oura can't make that point. He was like, oh, yeah, and if you don't take this point... Uh, okay, so, no, it's very, very good. But I'm going to point out the Karen Oura, if I recall correctly, he didn't build on the Minyan mitzvah, right? Can you mention that? Yeah. Right, it was the note of Yehuda who used that argument. So you're right, I'll convey your point to the strength. Based on the Yehuda, maybe you'll have to say that that two of the three are mitzvah. And but it would work out, notice what, Noah made a very good point, because we're out for both things, the minchas, not the, the uh, Noah Yehuda said. Right, because A, maybe it is, does appear in the Ramam's count, and B, you're not taking note, you're not checking, you're simply counting. So maybe from both perspectives, he'd have to put Yovel on the Omer side of the divide and not on the Zava side of the divide. Leave. Going back to the, to the character of there's clearly something um, like practical and not necessarily that you should be doing this if you miss a fast or so owner. Because even if, like, if you forget, right, what do we do? We say without a bracha. So there's clearly a sense that it's not just a myth. It might be a myth with a hospital, but there is like the practical need aspect that we see by Yobel by Zoba also. So it's like, it's, it's, not, it's not fully that different. Okay. Okay. Is Moshe Zimmer still here? I'm still here. Huh? Which I, I have a warning for you. A warning. No, leave wasn't big and and left because it was a Talmudic desert. Okay. No, no rebar and a Talmudic desert. 
Okay, here we go, guys. Okay. So I'll take more comments in one second. I just want to sneak in a quick Ramban. Okay, so let us go to the Ramban, guys. I want to throw in one more line to really convince you that Zav is not a mitzvah. Look at source 9. What should you do? Count it verbally. It is not true about a Zav or a Zava. Why not? Very interesting. He has another argument. There's a whole bunch of arguments here, guys. What is the new argument? Why Zav, Zav is not a mitzvah? Guess what, guys? What if you decided, let's say you're not married. Obviously, with marriage, there's extra reason why we want the person to become tahar. But you're a single person. The only question is, when are you going to go to the Beit HaMikdash? Let's say it's now Cheshvan. What, in theory, could you do? I'm not an urgency to be tar. I'm having a really good life being tummy. I like my job. I like, you know, I like my shear and, and shoal. I'm doing great. Right? What do I have to become tar for? There is no urgency. I always point this out, guys. There is no urgency whatsoever to be tar. What are the things you have to be tar for? Eating a carbon, going to Ben Magdash, if you're a Kohen, eating truma. But you could have a pretty robust religious life. You have a very good life being tummy. So what does the Ramban point out here? It wants to say, if it would be a mitzvah, there would be a certain amount of urgency. If I really don't have to do it, it doesn't matter, he claims. That also makes it less mitzvah-like. So in addition to the arguments that we had in the Nota Behuda, right, uh, we could also add the Ramban's argument that in Yeovil and Omer, I have to do it. Here in theory, I could just let it be for a couple of months. Okay, Zach Magerman. Yeah, I don't know if I would ever argue that it was just you have to be tougher, but if you're going to try and become power, then you Okay, can fair. It's fair. It's, that's a fair count to the money. Yoni! Um, What's going on, Columbia, Yoni? It's going great so far. Okay, excellent. Okay. Uh, is Joey known as like the, the zealot on campus or no? Yeah. A little bit? Okay. Okay, sorry, Joey. Joey's modern. Okay. Um, he's the I, mo- he's the moderate on campus. That's yeah, good. Okay. The okay. <laughs> I'm the okay. Um, I think it's interesting that none of the uh, like none of the people who are like differentiating Mita say that the pasuk is like different. It's in the third person. It's the other two um, are like addressing the second person. So, like it's almost like the other ones. Like, I don't know like, what that really means. I would just like suggest like. No, that's a good point. You think it's less a command form? Yeah. Even grammatically, it's less a command form. Very good. That was really excellent. You're saying if we, if we just know our biblical grammar, that two are command forms, one's not a command form. Very good. Yeah, Joey, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, but go ahead. Uh, it's just it's a little bit of a weird riot that he brings for Ramban. That, that people don't, people aren't urgent, and therefore it's not, we see that in the Yeah. Kind of like bringing a riot in the fact that people aren't urgent. No, but people, are, it's not like a sociological point. He's making a lucky point. But he's not saying that, oh, we noticed, we took a survey and people aren't doing it. He is saying that there's no halachic urgency to do so. Right? You can still say it's a bad argument, but it's not a sociological argument. It's, it's a halachic argument. Okay, Joy? Okay, guys, before we move on, I, I really have to finish in two minutes, and I forgot one thing I promised to do. So for all you shut off guys, Nate Fine is standing right, sitting right here. He is the Shiva Raita official historian. Okay, so if you would like to... If, if you would like to be... Reco- if you want to be recorded in the annals of a right, though, you should all introduce yourself to him at some point over the guys of his time. Also looking to recruit a shot all to take over, so if you have any interest, please see me. Yeah, Wait, you're, you're handing over the mantle? Do you see the story? Yeah, I gotta got hand it over. I'm not gonna be able to come back here anymore. <laughs> oh my god. Nate, fine. Not a fan, sorry. 
No fun, you kid, do that. Oh my god. Oh, this year calling just good traumatic for me. Johnny Corman? Uh, with all due respect, I don't think Johnny Corman's the right choice. Okay. 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 All right, guys, one, one last thing, and then I'll, I'm going to have to stop just to be fair to next year. Okay? We've been discussing just one question. Hey, Dave Lipschitz. We've been discussing whether it's a mitzvah or not. We didn't get into the details, such as what if you miss a night? So if you're curious, guys, just everyone should know this. Uh, source 7, we're not going to do it inside, but Rabbi Yosef Babad was a Polish Talmud Chacham who wrote a work called Minchas Chinech, which is one of the most impressive works of Halakhic history. Okay, it's, I, I made this point before. Sometimes you write a commentary on your sefer, but the commentary takes a life of its own. So this is the best example, right? There's a work from the 1200s in Barcelona called the Sefer Achinuch that lists all the six hundred and fifty-five by Parsha. And then Rabbabad wrote a parish on it, in theory, called the Minchas Chinuch. But most of the Minchas Chinuch has nothing to do with trying to understand the Sefer Achinuch. It is just all kinds of interesting questions on... That's why we went, who asked the question for? Uh, that's why Josh Hayden asked this intriguing question. Right, I said that's a classic Minchas Chinuch kind of question. So if you ever want to have to give Sharon a specific mitzvah and you don't know any interesting questions, straight to the Minchas Chinuch and he's your man. So I'll just point out, I'll just do it outside for one second, guys. He notices that certain chumras we have in Sefirah Omer shouldn't apply to Sefirah Beitin, even if Beitin's a mitzvah. Okay, some of you will probably know this. When it says... Omer, it says, Sheva Shabtot Tmimot. What are some of the things we derive from that phrase, Tmimot? Anyone know? Yeah, Mark Heather? Okay, excellent. Yeah, just like you can be Makabal Shabbos early, you can be Makabal Yom Tov early, but we're mocked not to do it for this night. What's the argument? The Omer has to complete its cycle, it has to be Tamim. Secondly, the idea perhaps that when you miss a day, you blew everything, maybe that's derived also from. Tamimot, right? It's not a Tamim performance if I didn't get it all in. So guys, just those of you who have a chance, look up this Minchas Chinuch. He claims that none of those halacha would apply to Sviart Beitin, right? It wouldn't matter, like, you know, even count, like what do we try to do also? We try to count the beginning of the night. He suggests at one point it wouldn't matter what time of year you count because there's no Tamimot. And it also would not matter if you missed the year because there's no din Tamimot. So just to sum for one second, guys, okay, we saw... Tosos who equates the three, although there's a technical problem with Zava. We saw the Karen Ora and the, and the Noda Behuda who have good lumdish reasons to differentiate. And it almost seems like Zava is clearly not a mitzvah. Omer clearly is a mitzvah. We've got kind of this middle ground of Yovel Beitin. Not so clear where to put that. And then the Minchas says that if Yovel Beitin is a mitzvah, it would play out differently than Omer. Not just because of Beitin versus individuals, but also because you don't have... The Tzmimot factor. All right, everybody should have a great Shabbos.